Hello, and welcome to Anime Journey to the West. I'm Coley Boyd, and this is a podcast about uh, reviewing anime that adapt Western <laughs> works. My pronouns are they, them, and how about my friends introduce themselves? Hello, I'm Zeb Berryman. My pronouns are he, him. I'm Lydia Lewis. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Liz, pronouns are she, her, and I'm the most bodacious barista you've ever met. As I have mentioned, we will be reviewing, you know, anime that adapt uh, Western words. And we're going to begin with an anime called Romeo x Juliet. I assume we're all familiar with Romeo and Juliet, but I have no idea what this anime is. I've never seen it. Is that no. I think you're the only one that's seen it? Maybe Elizabeth has too, I'm not sure. I know of it. I've seen trailers for it and like recommendations for it. I've just never gotten around to watching it. All right. So I think that first, I assume we've all either had Romeo and Juliet taught to us in high school or seen like a movie or something. But I think we should all talk about what our relationship with the original text is first. We should probably also give a description for the plot for those of those that don't know it. Yeah. So, all was not fair in the houses of uh, Capulet and, uh... Zeb, can you remind me what the other one was called? Do you want me to recap this, Coley? Just give me the line. Okay, all was not well in the houses Montague and Capulet. Where there was a big fight between the two. I can't remember why. I don't think the story gives a reason why, other than yeah, they, and the novel. They I, actually kind of do. I like, thought it was a, a hereditary feud or something. It is, but yeah. the thing that ultimately like kind of springs it out to new mutiny, one might say, in the original play. It, well, not the original play, because Shakespeare was actually adapting kind of a poem. But anyways was uh, some guards getting into a fight over whether anybody had bit their finger at the other. That, it makes much more sense that, than the original Klingon. Well, that is some... Uh, World War One started because a guy happened to be eating a sandwich at a particular place, level stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, our leading man, Romeo, is... Uh, not exactly feeling his current relationship when his friend Mercurio's like, hey dude, want to go to the party? And he's like, yeah, I think I do. So they go to the party where Romeo sees Julian and's like, I want to date her. She seems oh. awesome. Okay, Coley, he is feeling the current relationship, but it's not a relationship. It's just a girl he's stalking. So, who is also his cousin, by the way. Wasn't his ex-fiance yeah. like, I'd rather be a nun than be with you? Yeah. Damn. Damn. The thing that nobody really remembers about Romeo and Julia is that Romeo's kind of a loser. Huh. Anyway. So, Jamie, Juliet's also like, wow, I'm really into you as well. We meet Tybalt, who's, you know, like, eh, fuck you, Romeo. Yeah, Tybalt is the extremely violent one who is super invested in the conflict. Yeah, he's like, fuck you, Romeo. Fuck all y'all. I'm gonna kill all y'all. So what I'm hearing is Juliet is like, Romeo, Romeo, where art thou, Romeo? And Tybalt is like, Romeo, Romeo, where are you? I'm gonna kill you, bitch. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's no, it's like, 
I honestly, I hate the fact that Romeo is a more popular name than Tybalt because Tybalt is just the most entertaining character in that play, I would say. Hey, Mercutio. I really like Mercutio. Yes. Then romance stuff happens. We get some jokes involving the maid and stuff. And then Mercutio is killed by Tybalt because he's motherfucking Tybalt. Romeo manages to kill uh, Tybalt. This is a big no-no. And Romeo's got to go about two days, maybe two weeks. And they decide, oh, it's time for a suicide cult now. (laughs) We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, also, it's not really a pact. Yes. Then, uh, Romeo, you know, is out there when... Juliet's like, all right, I'm going to use this thing to make myself seem like I'm dead. We should probably mention Father Lawrence at this point. Oh, yes, Father Lawrence. Father Lawrence is the monk who kind of a mentor to Romeo and uh, frankly gives him a lot of shit about the relationship with Juliet since Romeo was, like, super into another girl just before her, and it's just like, ah, truly the youth today only love with their eyes, which shows that grumpy old men are a pretty consistent thing across ages. But anyways, he decides to help out, not because he's really particularly invested in their relationship, but because he thinks that their relationship could be a way to bridge the gap between the two houses and stop them from killing each other. And he's the one who comes up with the honestly, extremely reckless plan for Juliet to take like this kind of false poison that will make it appear that she's dead for a certain amount of time, even though she's not. To be fair, he was correct that it would lead to the two stop feuding. The problem is that he wasn't correct in the way his body would be. There is academic debate about whether that is true. Of course there is. Also, if Romeo had just listened to the plan... Was he there for the plan? I don't think he was. He was not. If someone had just informed him of the plan... The plan gets intercepted, I think, is actually part of the plot. Yes. Also, I think Romeo and Juliet is a great example of how active listening can really save the day. An active, open communication. I mean, to be fair, this was back before uh, instant messaging was a thing. He had to wait on the mail, and the mail was intercepted. True, true, but still. Let's give Romeo shit for the stalking. Not for the uh, not knowing about the plan he had no way to know about. I just, I'm really curious about that fiancé that was like, yeah, um, the nunnery is where I really want to be at. I think there was a YA novel that was all about her point of view of the whole debacle, and I'm like tempted to go to the library and read it. Now then, we get to the part that everyone remembers, and that is Romeo coming back, finding that uh, Juliet is in a uh, death light sleep. Thinks he's dead. He's like, all right, then. I want to note something. What? The part of this that people don't know about is Romeo commits a murder before this. Yeah, he kills Tybalt. No, no. He he commits another murder. He kills Paris at this point. Oh. All right. And (laughs) Romeo seeing that his, you know, GF is dead. He's like, that deal with no GF and uh, kills himself. Juliet, so, uh, you know, then wakes up, goes, oh, shit, Romeo's dead. That deal with no BF. 
and then kills herself. And everyone's like, "Ah, oh, shit, we fucked up." Yeah, yeah. The that the prince who had been kind of trying to broker a peace between them basically is just like, "All of this shit is your fault. You should like not be enemies anymore." And they agree. Yeah. Hey, at least we have nothing. To, we have something to bond over now. We both have dead children. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think we should go over our relationship with this text, what we think of it, and what versions of it we've seen. Who wants to start, or should I start? Because what I'm going to say is going to be wild. I think Lydia should go first. (laughs) Yeah, you go first, Lydia. So my two favorite versions of this are, oh god... So the first is the version where it's like set in LA or something and everyone has sports cars and guns and all the guns have the word sword or dagger on the side. I think this is the um Baz Luhrmann version. I think it's got Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Yeah, that's Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> it's so good. It's actually real bad. It is cringy to watch. But also, I dig the weird scene where where Romeo and Mercutio are playing pool shirtless, and there's like a whole lot of sexual tension between them. Yeah, that's that's even gayer than what is usually their relationship, which is already pretty gay. I dig it. I want to see a version of Romeo and Juliet where things go off the rails and Romeo and Mercutio end up getting together instead. Romeo probably has more in common with Mercutio than he does with Juliet, all things considered. For sure. Hey, depending on how you uh, think things would go, that would lead to you know less or more death. And the second version, or I can't even really call it a version because it's not even really a retelling... But there's the uh, epic rap battles of history, Romeo and Juliet versus Bonnie and Clyde. (laughs) And it's wild. It is very funny. It's great. Like, right at the end, Bonnie, like, shoots Juliet, and then she's like, oh, I'm dead. Wait. And Romeo is like, like, takes himself out while calling them, like, while telling them to lick his ass. And then she's like, oh, wait, she just grazed me. Oh, no, Romeo's dead and stabs herself. And then Bonnie and Clyde are there. They're like, well, that wasn't what I expected. And then they get shot up because, of course, they do. Yes. So I think I can go next. I actually was almost in a version of Romeo and Juliet in high school. The only reason why I say almost is that partway through, we changed teachers and the teacher decided on a different story. What we were going to do was not any regular version of uh, Romeo and Juliet. It was going to be a susical Romeo and Juliet. What? Yes. (laughs) I need to know more. Uh, it was basically Romeo and Juliet, but with lots of Dr. Seuss-style puns. And also an ending that's like, yeah, and everyone comes back to back to life. Wow. I played Tybalt, because... Yeah, I could see that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I was considered to have the best uh, villain voice, because Is I... Is that would... the teacher who told you the cursed thing? Uh, no, that was a different teacher. Okay. 
Oh, yeah. The versions of Romeo and Juliet I've seen are West Side Story and fucking Romeo and Juliet. Oh, I forgot about Romeo and Juliet. Oh, me too. I guess I've seen a lot more versions of Romeo and Juliet than I thought I had seen. (laughs) I think the Proud family did an episode about Romeo and Juliet. And also had a plot in the show that mirrored it by having Penny fall for a guy whose family already had an arranged marriage plan for him from when he got older with another girl that was also in the play. Huh. Poor Penny. I miss the Proud Family. That was a good show. Yeah, they're show. coming back, actually. They're, um, Disney Plus is doing a continuation. I think it's called Prouder Than Ever or something like that. Oh, nice. I'm like, don't follow the Fuller House convention, though. You don't need to do this. It was actually one of the few shows to go from Flash animation in its first season to 2D in the following season. Oh, oh yeah. neat. Wait, the first season was Flash? I don't remember that. In the first season. I, I don't remember that. <laughs> I think because they might have done better than other studios because their very first film was all Flash, I think. It was called <laughs> Bebe's Kids. They didn't be- Oh, wow. Okay. I... That, that, I don't think that film was done in Flash. It was too smooth for the era. That was like the early nineties. Was it? I thought it was Flash. It might be. I might be wrong on that. So, like, Flash was around at that time. Flash was around that time, but Flash was also very obviously Flash. You know. Also, the Proud Family came out in the early two thousands. Yes, Flash was very obviously Flash. Okay, can we? So, Elizabeth, is that your main relationship with the text of Romeo and Juliet, or is there more? So, I also, we read it in high school. Um, We had a whole Shakespeare unit. We did um, Romeo and Juliet. We did did Hamlet. We did Midsummer's Night. I think we were watching 1940s adaptation of Hamlet. I also have an interesting relationship with Romeo and Juliet. So, they were called Emmet Comics, E-M-E-T. They were trying to be a woman's comic studio they also had the intention of getting adapted works they were very small very indie they had a few books that came out one of them was called romeo and juliet and guns the first issue came out i have it and it's about romeo and juliet but they're from rival assassin families and they end up falling for each other well they reworked it have a whole graphic novel called verona I think the company went out of business, but nobody has said anything. They've had a few big names work on stuff like uh, Veronica Fisher, and some of their works did pretty well. They even bought the license for Fresh Romance from Rosie Publishing after the head of the company stepped down due to personal stuff and sold uh, the Fresh Romance title to Emmett. So that's my relationship with Romeo and Juliet. Okay, so I probably have... If possible, I should have gone first because I have the most normal relationship with Romeo and Juliet. I watched the Franco Zaffarelli version and it was really good. And I saw a play of it in Stratford and it was also really good. I've definitely had, though I've definitely had kind of, my opinion on it has changed over the years. Like, I remember really thinking that it was a dumb story, like when I was a teen, but I've kind of come around to uh, come around on it. I think a couple interesting things about it are that all versions before Shakespeare really have the subtext of fuck them kids, I guess. Like, it's about how 
in those versions how them not uh, obeying their family was a problem, whereas in this version, it's the families that are the problem. And I think that it's much better understood if you see the play less as a love story and more about as a story about how these teens had like this infatuation that could have turned into some kind of love, but because of the all of the factors kind of turned against them, they're forced to see their relationship very oppositionally to the world around them. And therefore just having the relationship is their main goal. And they don't really talk to each other about anything other than the fact that they want to be in this relationship. And as a result, they're in this like this weird passion that ends up killing them. And yeah, I just think that that's um, interesting. Yeah, I know a lot of people today also try to go with the uh, man, fuck them kids interpretation, which that's like an incredibly wrong-headed interpretation. Like, it one thing simplifies the whole matter a lot. Like, I was doing a very simple uh, recap because I don't think I needed to go through the entire story beat by beat. Plus, I didn't remember all that much. But, like, Romeo's life is, you know, more fucked up than, oh, his GF is dead. Because of the war between the, uh, you know, Capulets and the, uh, you know, Montagues. Fuck. Montagues. Montagues. No, I like (laughs) Montagues. Between the Capulets and the Montagues, you know, his friend is dead. He's had to, you know, for honor and I recall self-defense reasons, had to kill another person, which that ended up ruining his whole life to the point that he had to run out. He had to get out of fucking Dodge and go into an entirely different kingdom. And when he gets back, he has to kill another person, which probably doesn't help over his fucked over his life situation. I and think Paris was Paris was just Romeo's fault. I can't. I, I don't remember that much of the play. Yeah, Romeo straight up just murders Paris. But yeah, I think that it's, you're definitely right. And like, the real truth here is that the two families hating each other isn't actually a good reason to keep the kids apart. Yeah. Especially since like, it's not just, oh, these two families hate each other. It's like, again, they hate each other to the point that, you know, some members are willing to murder other members. The prince of the city has had to, at the beginning of the play, step in and stop them from messing with each other because he was afraid they'd cause a civil war if they didn't. Yeah, like, there's a reason why earlier I made the quip that the version where Mercutio and Romeo get together may just end up leading to more death. I mean, some of the things that made the conflict spark up were related to their relationship too, though. Like, arguably the Mercutio-Tibalt fight doesn't actually happen without Tibalt seeing Romeo at the party. Because uh, that's actually the thing that pisses him off. Wait, if I recall correctly, don't Romeo and Mercutio go to the party before Romeo's seen Juliet? Uh, yes. Well, I guess if they get together before they go to the uh, party, and they don't have yeah. a reason to go there anymore. Yeah, so that's my feelings on Romeo and Juliet. 
Um, almost none of the stuff that we have discussed is going to come out at, come up at all in this anime, which is part of the reason why I think it's important to talk about these two things thematically separately. I'm so. expecting some wild things. And also, Zeb, I have a quick question. Where can we watch this? Uh, I think Funimation just has it. All right. Now I think is a good time for all of us to watch the OP. All um, right. And you you can all react to it. I would suggest that we all start it at the same time. Okay. This is going to be interesting. So I think we should do a... Once we have the window open, we should do a count of three. I've posted it in our Discord. Okay, I'm, so when I say go, we start. One, two, three, go. So you may have noticed the Pegasus dragon? Yeah! Yes. I kinda <laughs> also, have you noticed what the song is yet? No! This is- I have. Yeah, this is You Raise Me Up, but in Jap Japanese. What? Yeah. So weird. <laughs> oh, this is so pretty. It definitely has early 2000s, early digital coloring to it at times, but it's so lovely. Yeah, I really like this one. I, I really like the animation of this. Like, this isn't just like this isn't like the thing where like the theme song is super pretty and then the like show looks like a butt. This one is pretty accurate. I'm actually kind of excited after see after watching that oh, yeah. to like see where this goes. This is just so generally cute. Yeah, it's a it's a very sweet show in a lot of ways. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. I was honestly expecting something wilder from how you know Zeb you'd been hyping it up. I think that the wild thing about the theme song is that it's you raised me up. <laughs> I don't know what that, that is. is. Pretty wild. This is even weirder than the fact that the end of the Supernatural anime has an English cover played by a Japanese band of the song Wayward Son by Kansas. <laughs> We're probably going to do the Supernatural anime at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, I would love that, actually. The Yeah, Coley, You Raise Me Up is a love song that often gets sung in, like, churches and stuff. It's a metaphor for Jesus. I mean, I got a churchy feel from it, so I'm like, oh, is that some sort of uh, hymn that I've forgotten since it's been a good number of years since I went to church? It's not a hymn. It's like, I think it's a an original love song. It's got that sort of feel to it. Yeah. It's one of those love songs where you replace you with God, basically. Huh. That is... That is the theme song. Well, I was expecting something wilder, you know, again, I'm sort of... I think this is going to be a good anime, 
But like I was like going, okay, Zebson saying, yeah, this is going to be very different. This is going, this uh, sounds wild. And I'm like, okay, outside of the Pegasus Dragon, this seems like just what I would expect from a Romeo Juliet anime. Did you notice Juliet's costume at a certain point? Yes, I noticed that she had like a Free Musketeers costume at one point. Yeah. I'm guessing she's going to be doing, uh, she's going to pretend that she's a man and do musketeer shit. She is going to be a superhero, is what she is going to do. I'm actually excited. That is a much cooler take on Juliet than anything else ever. Oh, Juliet in this show is absolutely an amazing character. Juliet is so cool in this show. Um, yeah. So what I'm hearing is that I'm probably going to thirst after this version of Juliet a little bit. Oh yeah, I would be shocked if you did it. I would be shocked if the majority of us did it, honestly. That's fair. I've also not seen this show in ages. So, yeah, the things that are wild are a couple of the third act twists about who certain characters are. Yeah, um, next Tuesday we'll probably return and we'll all have written a recap and I'll uh, take us through the episode and people can interject. And we can do a bit of analysis at the end. We're watching like two episodes, right? Yep. Nice. Yeah. After we do this, what do we want to do again? I think one of the Marvel animes would be nice, or maybe the Supernatural one. My vote is the Supernatural one. I've seen, like, an episode or two, and I want to see it more. Yeah, the ones that I'm most interested in seeing um, are... But the ones I'm most interested in are the Gunkatsuo one, and Snow White with red hair. I think the hardest bit for a lot of these animes is just finding a way to watch them. Okay, so what I'm going to say is that all of the things that I've mentioned are just available on the Funimation site. Oh, cool. Oh, good. I, uh, oh, also, also, a thing that I'm going to say straight up, um, I know that, I don't know where all of us are on subs versus dubs. I tend to be, like, pretty pro-sub a lot of the time. Uh, so I generally prefer dubs because I I need to be doing something with my hands when I watch stuff most of the time, yeah. just because. I do not have a preference generally. Like, which way I go depends on several things. Like, what genre is it, or am I watching this with my dad? If I'm watching this with my dad, it will be dubs. All right. So the thing I'm going to say is that I'm very heavily pro sub most of the time, though there are exceptions. I'm not quite as much of a sub purist as some of my friends, but I am. I do lean subs, and it's also true that just because I watch stuff as it comes out a lot of the time, I basically default to subs because a dub has not been made yet. But, but, Romeo and Juliet, you should watch the dub. Absolutely. Like, you should watch the dub because the dub is partially an iambic pentameter. Ooh. What? That sounds awesome. Oh, I'm excited. That is the thing that I was hinting at with this show being oh, wild, Coley. It's not actually the plot so much as the fact that parts of this show are in iambic pentameter. All right. Oh, and also watch the episode previews because they are beautiful. All right. 
Well then, anything else for us to discuss, or uh, do we want to end the podcast? So, uh, I'm still hung up on the on the Monagets. I wonder how much money they're trying to get. Probably all of it. Get money, fuck bitches. <laughs> of course. I didn't know where that was going until I said it. Anyway. This has been Anime's Journey to the West. We don't have a signing up catchphrase yet. We might someday. Goodbye, everyone.